You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. The Prophet is born. His mother Amina is breastfeeding him. However, due to a number of circumstances, and this was common at the time, she could not continue breastfeeding him. So what happens is that there is a woman by the name of Halima al-Sa'diyya. She comes from the tribe of Bani Sa'd. They lived in an area not too far from Mecca in the deserts. They were Bedouins. She, along with her friends, she comes and visits Mecca in search of a baby to breastfeed. Because this was common at the time, many women, one of the ways in which they would make a living, if she, had, if she was pregnant and she had a child, and she could breastfeed another child, she had you know that extra milk to breastfeed another child, she would come to the city, adopt a child, breastfeed that child and in return get a compensation for that. So they would be paid by the family of that child to breastfeed. So Halima Sa'diya comes when the Prophet is born, you know not too long after the Prophet is born. Our sources are not that clear, some say a week after his, he was born, some say several months after he was born. But when he was a newborn infant, she comes looking for a baby, she, comes, she stumbles on this family. She comes across the family of the Prophet. Now, Abdul Muttalib and the mother of the Prophet Amina, it seems from our sources they were inspired that when this woman by the name of Halima comes from the tribe of Bani Sa'd, then she is the appropriate woman to have the Prophet grow, grow up in her arms and breastfeed from her. So Halima Sa'diya, she comes, she makes an agreement, Abdul Muttalib offers to her. He tells her, would you like to breastfeed my grandson? In, you know, in return for a wage, she accepts, so she takes the Prophet. Now there is a hadith that is found in Sunni sources that says before Halima Sa'diya took the Prophet to breastfeed him, there was another woman who breastfed him. So initially for a few days, three, four days, his mother breastfed him. Then because she was so weak, she could not breastfeed him. She did not have enough milk. There was a woman by the name of Thuwaiba, oh Thawbiya, sorry. Her name was Thawbiya. Thawbiya was a slave, a female slave owned by Abu Lahab. Abu Lahab is who? The uncle of the Prophet. He owned Thawbiya. Thawbiya came, she breastfed the Prophet for a number of days before Halima came and some sources indicate that Thawbiya, she went to Abu Lahab, her master, she gave him the news that you now have a new nephew, his name is Muhammad and he is born. He got happy, Abu Lahab, according to this tradition and he set her free. Now some of our scholars in examining this hadith, they have an issue with it. They say that's not true. This probably did not happen. First of all, Abu Lahab did not set her free. We know that Thawbiya 
she lived until the time of Islam, until 50 years later, and it was around the time of Hijrah that she was released and she became free. And we don't even know if she really became Muslim or not. There are no authentic narrations that tell us she was a believer in God. And our scholars believe that if Allah wants His Prophet to be breastfed by a woman, she has to be a woman of faith, not a woman who would worship the idols. Because that has an impact, you know, what you feed the baby, it has a big impact. Halima was a faithful woman in God, she did not worship the idols. So some scholars have an issue with this hadith, but Sunni scholars and some Shia scholars do accept that. That the mother of the Prophet, Amina, she breastfed him for a number of days. Then Thawbiya breastfed him for a number of days. Then Halima Sa'diya came and she took care of the Prophet. Is it on the basis of this tradition that uh, we get a tradition saying that Abu Lahab is not uh, punished in the hell? For a there is a Sunni, yes, there is a hadith in Sunni books that say because when he was informed that the Prophet was born, he got happy and he set her free. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, while he's in hell, on some days for instance or sometime, he will remove the punishment because Abu Lahab became happy for the Prophet. There is a hadith, like I said it's in Sunni sources, it's not in our sources, so we really don't know the authenticity of it. We cannot confirm the authenticity of that hadith. Does Allah, does Allah really work like that? Like, it doesn't make sense. Well, they're saying in honor of the Prophet, the Sunnis would say, just to honor the Prophet. At the end of the day, even though he was a disbeliever, but because he became happy for a Prophet of God and he did a good deed by setting her free, then Allah will reduce the punishment. So that's their philosophy. And the example they give for this ahadith is of Zulaikha that she had the love of Prophet on just by mentioning this name she got this love and that is why she was... Yeah, but the difference between that and Zulaikha is that Zulaikha's love for the Prophet guided her to believe in God and the Prophet, so she repented. Abu Lahab did not repent. He died as a disbeliever and the Quran is clear that he went to hell. Sayasla naran he will go to hell. Is this uh, Muslims hadith? So this hadith is found in Sunni sources, it's not in our sources, about Tawbiyah. In Muslim or Bukhari? And in many Sunni sources, you will find them in many Sunni sources, not just one particular source. So Halima, she comes and she takes care of the Holy Prophet The life of Halima changes when she adopts this new baby and when I, when I say adopt meaning she took care of this baby, the blessings of God increased on her, the blessings of Allah multiplied, her family became richer, the barakah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was experienced by her and her family members. How long did she take care of him? Five years. For about five years she took care of him. Now the breastfeeding is only two years. After she breastfed him for two years, she took him back to Mecca because they had an agreement that you would breastfeed this child for two years. When she took him back to Mecca, she was so attached to the baby, she begged Amina, the mother of the Prophet, please let me keep him. 
I want to raise him, I want to keep him. But Aminah the mother of the Prophet, she also wants him. But the problem is there was an outbreak of cholera in Mecca and babies were being you know taken by this disease and they were dying. So Aminah feared for the life of this newborn and Halima who was a good woman was begging her so she accepted. She said okay you can keep him for some more time until we're done with this disease. Yes. So this was done like purposely though so that he wouldn't be raised in that like environment with the diseases and the, and the way that the people acted. To, to keep him in a more pure environment. Yeah. Now that's a good point. Why in that time, why was it customary for some Meccan prominent families to have their children uh, be taken by a woman who breastfeeds him in the desert? Why? For two reasons. One, health reasons. When you're in an open desert, it's a healthier lifestyle, fresher air, less diseases, less bacteria. In the city, there's more diseases. Number two, the, another reason had to do with eloquence. When you're in the desert only amongst Arabs, they speak perfect Arabic. So the child grows up to speak perfect Arabic. Whereas in Mecca, you had foreigners who would be there, some of them would settle there, and sometimes some things would be added to the Arabic language. So a child growing up in Mecca would not be as eloquent as a child growing up in a tribe which is kind of isolated from the big city. So that was another reason why the Meccans would do that. So it was very common. Don't be surprised, you know, how could the mother of the Prophet have him leave the city of Mecca? No, this was actually a very common practice. So she takes him for five years. Now there's another instant where she brings him to Mecca. So twice during those five years she brings him to Mecca. One is at the end of the two years. One later on, a group of Ethiopian Christian scholars from Ethiopia, they're passing by, they come across the village of Halima Sa'diyah and the tribe of Bani Sa'd. They see this young child, maybe he was four or five at the time, they see the signs of prophethood on him, on his shoulder, on his face. They had read in their Bible that the last prophet who will emerge from Arabia has these signs. So when they see these signs, they wanted to take him to Ethiopia to raise him there so that the final prophet will be from their own tribe, from their own city. Halima got scared that maybe they would kidnap him, so she quickly came to Mecca for some time until they left. And that's the second time that he saw his mother. <laughs>